Hi all, so this is episode number one of Coffee with James. This is a long time in the making and it's finally happening. So let's go. All right. So D, finally you got me to do this thing. And if nothing else, we can say to people, we tried the podcast and it didn't work or whatever this is. Yeah, no, of course. And it's working. Oh, yeah, and I'm wired up. I feel good. <laughs> the coffee is good. I, I, and, and it truly is coffee. Yeah. D, let's talk about this. You and I started connecting um, and having coffee literally. Like, do you even remember? Do you remember how this happened? Um, because, I mean, we had a friendship, but there was a period where yeah. we started to, I said, hey, you want to meet for coffee at 7.30? And you're like, 7.30? <laughs> Um, by the way, I am up at that hour. I'm just not out the door yet. Um, I think, first of all, I think you've been talking about a podcast for at least 10 years, if not more. Maybe back then we didn't call it a podcast. You wanted to just hang out and chat and ask questions. Yeah. And we did it. Um, but then we said, like, this is something you have to do. And I know every time we talked, I'm like, you got to do this. You got to do this. And, and I know, you know, you kept saying it because every time we would have coffee, some funny shit would come up or yeah. some serious stuff. Well, or... it was always funny and it was always serious. And I think you said, when did this all start? I really think, um, I think we got into like the deep midst of it maybe four or five years ago. And the reason why I really wanted you to do this after that is you gave me great life advice. Yeah, we laughed. Sometimes I cried, but it was good life advice. And I went away from seeing you. I would always leave with like good energy and good thoughts and yeah. positive motivation for my life. So we got to record this and okay. we got to share it because you have a gift. And Thank you. Yeah. And you know, the beauty of this thing is that at least what I hope that it will be is it's going to be unrehearsed. Yeah. Because that's when the best stuff comes out. Yeah. And right? we haven't planned it. And I walked in here. I said, what do you want to talk about? Right. You know, I was just actually you and I kind of started talking about it. Let's take that. Yeah. You know, um, right now I'm at a point in my life that I have friends and family and we all do that there's some form of misunderstanding or some form of miscommunication and then what happens is resentment builds and before you know it the relationships are changing mm -hmm. <clears throat> and one thing i've noticed even with myself is the ego plays into it too and once that ego plays in uh it's tough and then if you have a spouse it becomes tougher because yeah. now it becomes yeah. so far gone it's oh, hard yeah. to as you were saying like some people the misunderstanding is so deep that you don't even know what it was about initially and it becomes into something else because the ego comes in hurt feelings emotions you're not thinking clearly so i think communication is huge huge yeah, huge but, but one thing i realize is yeah we all know communication is huge but it's it's still like there's no formula it's like and then you have now as time goes on and these misunderstandings or these things build you have more people involved 
the oh, more yeah. people vested. Now you got the spouse, then you have the children, then you have this, then you have that. Then you got to save face. You can't go to all these people that you shared your frustration with and say, you know what, I thought about it and fuck it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, they're going to be like, what? Because yeah. they've already. So anyway, so I was. Um, you Wait, know, so you don't think there's a formula? I don't think so. For I think communication? Every, no, I think every situation is different. And what I'm learning even about myself is intent is everything. You know, if, if the parties, it's almost like a business deal. It's almost like any transaction. It's like any mediation. If the parties truly intend, they have the intention to finish it or move on, somehow a deal will be made. And, yeah. and both sides won't be happy, but they'll make a deal, they'll move on. And chances are, you know, in a very short period of time after the pain that maybe yeah. they didn't get what they wanted, they'll kind of just f forget and move on. It's almost like a girlfriend that everybody's telling you don't date and yeah. you don't listen. And then you finally break up and you have this relief. Yeah. Like the weight has been lifted, but you're not necessarily happy. Right. You're so you're like, asking uh, for the punishment. Yes. Basically. You think some people, well... I think some people love the drama and they love that like oh let me go talk to this person and tell them what's going on and pull them in get them involved the emotions become escalated I don't think they love I don't think they think that way I don't think they think mm. they love the drama I just think they're built you know obviously their mind is not clear that's how they're seeking attention and that's the other thing I realize is when I talk to people, they're usually trying to sell me their position. <laughs> it's like, you get what yeah. I mean? It's like every party that I talk to, they're trying to sell me why they're right. And the one thing I'm realizing more and more, even with myself, is nobody's innocent no. in the whole thing. So now somebody's more guilty than the other, but nobody's innocent. Right. Right. At and nobody point. wants to take responsibility. No. So then what? I don't know. Peel the onion. <laughs> in the process, I got to tell you, I learned. Yeah. Now, now you're in yeah. this position. You have these situations around you. You're almost a mediator or a confidant. Or what's what your I, position it, here? It, it's a mixed bag. Okay. Some, I, I got to be very honest with you. Sometimes I feel like, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. I hope, you know. Sometimes I can mediate it because the issue is really like my life experience has been so full that mm -hmm. probably I think to myself in that situation, I'm an expert so I can be more confident. And I'm being real with you. Like sometimes I say, what? Get the hell out of here. Like this because you a, don't have time for that right. shit. You, don't, but, you can't believe that people are... Yeah, but sometimes it's deep. I'm like, shit, this is like... This has got so many layers. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. And at that point, honestly, I'm interested to <laughs> learn. I'm like, wow, yeah. this is like interesting, right? Yeah. So it's a mixed bag, I think. Um, and the reason why I find myself getting sucked into these, and Kathy always says it, you ask for it, you ask for it, is I think because... A, I learn about people. B, I think I learn a lot about myself. Yeah. I have realizations along the way that shit, that was me. Yeah. 
like that was me also what you what you want and what you don't want it becomes very clear yeah so sometimes I think man that was me and I probably sounded just like that Mm. and I thought that I'm right and I was just angry so mixed bag now is that gonna help my marriage I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) and I'm married to a therapist Does she analyze you? No, no, she doesn't do anything. No, she... She doesn't want to hear it. Listen, Kathy and I, I think for the most part, we communicate well with each other, but it's not what it's cracked up to be. You know, they told me when you marry a therapist, like, you know, the the joke is um, you'll get free advice. It doesn't work that way. No. Not when it has to do with the two of us. And when it has to do with me and somebody else, usually she's emotionally um, somehow charged. Yeah. You know, so that doesn't work. Either. Yeah. Um, I think I should have married a urologist. <laughs> that would have been helpful. Very science, you know. You would have been miserable. Probably. Oh, man. You know, but... Um, no, I think I think what I love about you guys is you're very real. Both of you separate and together. And I think that's amazing and I I I, I don't know, it's a good example to live by. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think it's good. You know what? It's what what I know and it's what she knows probably. But listen, being real also has gotten us into trouble. Because in yeah. this, in the Persian Jewish community, sometimes you have to have a little bit more politics. Right? Yeah, it's not everybody's accepting right. of that. So, I think it's changed a little bit. Yeah. People are a little bit more accepting and they want that authenticity and vulnerability, but it's still shocking. Not everybody knows what to do with it. I know, I know. So the other thing that's happening with this coffee with James is that I've been meeting all these different people. At these oh, coffee I already places. have people waiting. They oh, want to really? be in on this. <laughs> They're like, I want to be the first guest. So what I, I want to come we on. We talk about the funny, like you said, it's sometimes funny and sometimes it's um, deep. It's always deep, but I'm glad there's laughter interlaced with it. And I'm telling you, I always come away lifted. Okay, but my question is this, like on, on these podcasts, how deep can we, we can't go that deep. The person's not going to come and say, oh, my name is this. And then, oh my God, I have, you know, some mm, of the things. True, that we, but some people, listen, some people have a lot to get off their chest. They want to tell their story. They want to say their dilemma. And they want to hear it from a neutral party. That, yeah. No judgment. Yeah. Fun, laughter. You're on a podcast. It's exciting. Who's going to listen? I don't know. Okay, here we go then. Today is about you. What Me? do you want to talk about? There's nobody else in no, this. Well, um, you know, you always pose the question. So what's the question of the day? Or what's like the most recent question you've thrown out there? I know you do it with your kids. I know you do it with your friends. I think the most recent topic, it, it just has happened. Not because of my age, but just I'm just seeing it as this concept of midlife crisis, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, I think one thing I realized is midlife crisis used to be in the mid-40s. 
Okay. That's what I remember. And now my friends who are early 50s. That's kidding. And a lot of people that I talk to, I realize, wait a minute, this guy is not like 45. <laughs> He's like, what the hell happened? So I think, I don't know if it's science or what it is, but midlife crisis has pushed, been pushed up to 50. Maybe it's L.A. because I think it's you happening can't really earlier have a midlife <laughs> crisis at 45 because you can't afford shit by then. Um, it takes okay. Wait, extra- when you talk midlife crisis, are we talking like actual life events? Because the one thing you pointed out to me is by midlife, whether it's 40 or 45 or 50, everyone goes through something that shifts them, whether it's divorce or death or a change in career or bankruptcy, God forbid, or whatever it is, somebody goes through something and then they have this like moment of, fuck it, I'm gonna do what I need to do. So that's my interpretation of midlife crisis. Not necessarily like, oh, let me get a girlfriend, let me get a boyfriend, let me go buy this and that. Man, if you get a girlfriend, that would be a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I would be beyond midlife crisis. Oh my God. Not happening, but okay, thanks for the idea. Um, So I, I think everybody goes through something. And this was one thing that you told me many, many years ago, and it's always stuck with me. Like, you're not alone. Everybody's going through some shit, whether they say it or not. Yeah. And it's time to be real. It's time to live your life the way you want to live it authentically. Obviously not detrimentally to anybody else, but for yourself, you know, take the vacation, enjoy your kids, enjoy your spouse. Life is short. Look, midlife crisis right now, this is what I think for myself. I don't, I, I don't see it as any midlife. I don't see it like it's a midlife. Right. Mm -hmm. I see it as life crisis. And I've had these at different points in my life. Like you said, you know, I think I had it when I was much younger because I lost my mom early. I think that was a crisis. Yeah. And then, you know, certain things you have certain realizations and it evokes some emotions. And, you know, so I think it's more life crisis. It's not midlife for me. It's not like everything was good. And then, bam, like, you know, yeah. I hit an age and now I'm like in crisis mode. True. I mean, for me, I think I was very sheltered when I was younger. Thank God I didn't have major life crisis. Yes, I lost grandparents, but still I was very sheltered. I was never thrown in the midst of it. I didn't really know what was always going on. Um, I think my kids are now growing up very differently and I I think it's to their benefit. I think they learn to handle things sooner rather than later. Sometimes it's hard as hell and it's miserable, but so is life. I don't know. Um, But do you believe in that, that it's more like life crisis as opposed to midlife? Yeah. Because we both, I mean, you can relate to that too. You can have a crisis and you could be 40 years old. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in what they would call a midlife. Yeah. Like you're like, you know, fuck this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go do that. But, you know, and I think it's probably probably was building up before that. Mm. You just, some people don't acknowledge it or recognize it. Or you just choose to avoid it. That's the simple, short-term, you know, solution is ignore it because it's hard to deal with. 
Yeah, and then it blows up and you're like Fuck. either blows up or like you said you know you mature enough or you see it enough yeah. around you and little by little it starts to creep into your head yeah. wait a minute you know i could relate to that and before you know it you're there yeah i agree so so my uh, i guess i'm going through a midlife i just joined the gym again i love it but, but i don't want to but yeah i was always into it but Here's the thing. I can't rely on people, I've realized, because everybody's life is very busy. Yes. And when I want to work out is not necessarily when the next guy wants to work out. And I don't know, you know, so I joined the gym and I see the crowd has changed. Yeah? Yes. When was the last time you were in a gym? Five Three, years ago? Three, four years ago. Yeah, before COVID. Okay. Right around then. It's changed. First of all, the club doesn't play music really loud like it's well everybody it's has their own on. so you got people walking around with the airpods and all that mm -hmm. and now i would say pretty much everybody and it it almost feels weird because if you're not wearing one you notice that people are just walking around and it's kind of quiet yeah except for the heavy breathing every <laughs> once in a while does anybody talk to anybody anymore no Wow. Because they're plugged in. They keep, so it's weird. It's weird. Everybody's there. Like going to the gym used to be very social. It's not. They're not talking. You'd like jump off the machine, have a little chat, nobody's go do the next thing. Nobody's talking. Nobody's wow. talking because everybody's plugged in. And it's a good escape, right? Yeah. Because if you're shy or you don't want to deal with anybody, you wear the airplane. Yeah. Right? So the issue is everybody's plugged in. Nobody's really talking to each other. And if you don't have one of those, it's interesting. It's almost quiet. People are walking around. And it's all a little you eerie the way the, you're describing yes, it's it. it's eerie. It's all you hear is the treadmills, the weights hitting the ground, this and that, some breathing. And listen, I have a question. If you are all plugged in and the music is playing and you let go, you don't even know you let go. Do you get what? What do you mean? If like you fart. Oh God! <laughs> and I could listen. I could. I I swear to God. I think this guy think kept farting know. the other day next to me, but he had no realization because he can't hear himself fart. Well, he probably ignored it. No, he probably thought, "Look, this is nobody just can be hear." A and silent but deadly. Oh gosh! You know who's gonna hear it? Yeah. But I kind of let. I fanned him with the towel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but. Anyways, the gym, it's not that exciting. No. Um, Were you hoping for more? I was hoping for people to look good, dress good. No? No. I mean, everybody's walking around in exercise clothes, but, like to go to lunch and yeah. dinner, and they look great. Yeah. But, but not in the gym? No. Uh. I think the reason is that um, it's just not conducive to working out. Like, you're not going to wear Lululemon tights full length. Work and out. work out. Yeah, I do. Well, they don't. The women don't. That's one realization I've had. They're just not dressed very well. I don't know what it is. The second thing is that um, women are working out differently. Now they're doing a lot more weights than yeah. I remember them. You know, they're they're starting to look kind of thick. Like they're ready to really? kick some ass. Yeah. I don't know. It, it it looks more like the CrossFit training. Yeah. And it makes them look, yes, they're firm, but. Yeah, you know. I mean, I think the goal for a woman is definitely to be toned, but not 
big. But I'm telling you, the younger women, really? they're, they're like softball. Maybe bodies. I have to come to the gym with you and check this out. Yeah. And the men, it's the same thing that it's always been. You know, usually, you know, their upper body is not bad, but their legs are skinny. Like it's like <laughs> top heavy. Nobody wants to do leg or day. there's always that psycho that has veins popping oh, out gosh. of his, you know, skull. <laughs> like he's like, Mr. Reps, let me uh, do five million reps. Hey. Um, that's what I see. The trainers, uh, they look different too. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's not, and I, and I'm supposedly going to a very, very nice, expensive gym. I don't no. see it. Well, and I then, go to a very small private gym, so it's usually the same people at the same times. Um, there's a little bit of conversation sometimes. Sometimes no. Isn't this like a typical coffee with James where we're all over yeah. the place? I mean, we can talk for hours, I know. But we're going to have to wrap this up at some point. So give us either the final question or the final observation for today. Or maybe we should leave a question hanging for next time. That's good. That's better. Because or do you not want to have people too much time to think about it? I know you like to catch everyone off guard. No, it's okay. I okay. Guess I'm going to be real with you. The one question that I have in my mind myself is, um, you know, I have a tendency to be very accommodating to people. And um, sometimes I feel like it becomes a bit too much. Mm -hmm. For yourself yeah I just feel like um, but that's wh who I am I feel like I'm very accommodating but sometimes I feel like it, it just like gets it goes too far and then I don't know how to pull it back without coming across as a jerk not a jerk I wouldn't say a jerk but I don't know I don't know it, it I feel like sometimes when I want to pull it back people just think you know what's up with this guy you know or they get what? offended yeah but that's my question i guess one question i have from just whoever is if i'm a very accommodating guy how do i set some boundaries so that mm. i don't get it to a point that i think you know you get frustrated it's like too much yeah. like it's like come on now wow this guy's just getting started uh, we really hope you guys like this and stay tuned for more. Thanks.